and welcome to this week's episode of Seen and Heard, Industry Updates for the Modern Dairy Family. I'm Melissa Lima, your North Coast and Organic Field Services Rep, and today we have a great episode with a few familiar voices. We welcome back to the show Louis Borba, who was formerly Western United's Board Vice President and now um, newly elected to the position of Board President. We're excited to hear from Louis a little bit about his farm, his family, and the work that he hopes Western can continue in the upcoming year. We follow that up with a little update from Paul Souza about some things happening at the ARB this week that dairymen should be tuned into. And we will jump right in to lead things off with Tiffany LaMondola with our weekly market update. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Hi, folks. Hope you had a great week. It was a busy one in the dairy markets, the grain markets, and in terms of reports. Uh, Big theme still remains around milk production. And we did get a read on U.S. output for February. Came in at down 1% year over year. Bit of an improvement from January, if you recall, which was down 1.7%. The Midwest was the only major producing region to show some growth. Uh, They were up 0.8% for the month year over year. One notable shift in trend, we did see cow numbers go up for the first time since May of 2021. It was a small increase, up 3,000 head, um, but definitely the first change in trend nonetheless. We are still, however, down uh, 96,000 head year over year, so we've got a pretty big gap to fill. Um, If dairy cow slaughter is any indication, um, the herd might be rebounding a bit. Coaling activity is definitely off. We're down about 2% in the recent data year over year. Um, But at the same time, high feed costs and different base programs around the U.S. are curbing um, large-scale growth um, most, most certainly. We um, are also seeing output outside of the U.S. down. We did get new reports for New Zealand. They had another bad month in February, down 8.2% year over year. They're now off their peak, and we're hearing uh, reports that farmers are responding to pretty tough uh, conditions there uh, by cutting back on supplemental feed and and going ahead and drying off their cows early. Uh, Major milk-producing regions in Europe are still off, so um, Germany, France, and Netherlands still continue to run behind year-over-year levels. Moving into our markets in particular, we had a nice boost in cheese prices this week. Blocks were up to $2.2750, that's up 14.5 cents. Barrels leapt to uh, $2.25, up 22 cents for the week. We did get a cold storage report this uh, week, and we still have plenty of cheese in inventory. Um, We're up about 2.3% year over year, and inventories rose at a little bit more aggressive rate um, than average. However, that was not true in the American-type category, which, of course, is a currency uh, in our CME markets. Over on butter, also had a great week. Ending at 279.50, we lost a little bit at week's end. Cold storage report showed a more aggressive building of stocks in February than we normally see, but we are still down year over year in inventories there. Nonfat had a relatively quiet week, but we we're at a nice level, $1.8525. We started seeing um, some cracks in the spot dryway markets, um, particularly on Friday. We are hearing reports of uh, demand being a little soft there, and especially to one of our major export regions into Mexico. 
Moving over to grains, still lots of volatility there, um, especially as Ukraine's 2022 crop prospects get darker and darker, the longer the conflict conflict continues over there. Um, news out of South American harvest still remains a little negative as well. And, and so that has elevated soybean prices. Certainly fears around fertilizer shortages and rising costs are, are pretty much providing support across the board. So really lots of volatility in our grains and dairy markets alike. Um, thankfully, the futures on dairy uh, markets have been going up about the same pace as our grain markets out in the future. Uh, certainly, we're going to need much higher milk prices to offset costs on the farm, uh, no doubt. In any case, there are still some very great opportunities to protect downside risk out in our dairy markets. And given just all the uncertainty in the world, I um, strongly encourage you to take a look at that. Please reach out if you'd like to discuss. Hi, I'm Jessica with PG&E. 811 is a free service to keep our community safe. Before you do any digging, PG&E will mark your gas and electric lines so you don't hit them. Call 811 before you dig. To learn more, visit pg.com safety. Good morning. We are so excited to welcome Louis Borba, Western United Dairy's new board president to the podcast today. Welcome, Louis. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. We're excited to kick off a new year for Western United with a new executive team. And we just want to say welcome to to the, maybe the Thunderdome a little bit as board president. Yeah, it's a new role. I never expected I would be president um, when, my, when I first got on the board of Western United. I never thought I'd be in this position, I guess. Well, we're sure excited to have you, Louie, and to carry on the work that's been you know, started by the past presidents and Frank and Lucas and Devin. So congratulations. Um, Louie, you grew up in the Central Valley on a dairy, a family farm. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your family's dairy? Yeah, so our dairy is um, in Turlock, basically Turlock Hillmore area. Um, it's me and my dad and we milk about 1800 cows and um, I've been married for about 10 years to my wife, Stephanie Borba. She also has a, her family dairy in Modesto, which now we run both the dairies for each of our parents. Um, we have three kids, a set of twin girls that are nine, Amelia and Charlotte, and uh, a son that is six, and his name is Louie also. Doesn't sound like you're very busy at all. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's <laughs> so yeah, so we run both dairies. Um, we've been doing that now for a while. Um, I've been doing it longer at my dad's dairy. Sure. Um, but I would say, shoot, it's probably been 10 years ago. I got on the board of Western um, as a delegate chair to fill right. in for another director. And then I took his spot and I've been on the board ever since. Um, so I'm guessing probably close to 10 years I've been on the board. So um, before that in 07, I did do the West United uh, leadership class. Yeah. Um, I did that, which it was a great experience. Um, and then, yeah, so right after that, I got on the board and I've got to sit on the board with some you know, really good dairymen from all, all over the state. 
I was fortunate to have Tom Barcellus as president when I got in. Right. And I guess it was it was Tom, Frank, Lucas, and Devin. So very good leadership, very good role models. To um, they've been around for a long time. They've seen it all. So it was a great experience um, to come into the board as a younger dairyman, and you have some guys on that board that have um, well respected and have a lot of insight to the dairy industry. So I got a lot of that my, my first five or six years. I didn't do a lot of talking, just a, lo a <laughs> lot of listening from those guys. I think that always makes the best board members. I think you've been around almost as long as I have, Louie. And I, I remember when you got on the board, I'm trying not to age myself here, but um, I think I always notice with board members, the ones that kind of sit back and take it all in and are quiet end up being great leaders for the organization. And we're excited to have your insight to kind of carry on that tradition from those great presidents we've had in the past. Um, speaking of that, Louie, can you talk a little bit about the vision and your hopes for Western United over the next at least year going forward? Well, obviously the dairy industry has changed a lot in the last 10, just the last 10 years, um, going to the federal order, you know, the milk pricing, we don't, you know, that's a federal issue now. Um, so I think our biggest impact is going to be in Sacramento, um, especially with all these bills that are coming out, trying to change the school uh, lunch programs, confined animal restrictions, waterboard, airboard. Um, I think we really have we have a really good Sacramento strategy. Our lobbyists do a great job. We're you know we're in the rooms with the people that with the people that are making the decisions. So we're trying to. Um, kill or at least amend a lot of the bills that are coming after the California dairymen right now. Definitely. And I think it's, it's kind of interesting to note how those groups have sort of evolved over the years. It used to be like an outright attack on dairy or beef or whatever industry they weren't happy with at the moment. Now it seems a little more underhanded, like, oh, we're going to you know, cancel the way that you're able to breed your cows or feed your cows, or we're going to take away your water. It's sort of these little things that eat away at the way we do business in the industry. So we definitely have our work cut out for us and trying to work around all of that stuff. Yes. Well, if it wasn't hard enough um, for us to be able to farm with no water, or, you know, run our dairies yeah. with these feed costs, now we're have to spend energy in fighting um, these people that feel that we're treating you know that we're not being right we're not treating our animals humanely um when that it's complete the complete opposite so it's just an, another thing that we need to do that you know um you know there was what nine bills that came out in 19 for um animal uh, plant plant-based protein diets for school programs yeah. now i think last year was up close to 20 <laughs> so in just three or four years, it, you know, doubled. So that's a fight that is new and we have to just keep, you know, it's a, it's a new angle of them coming after us. So it's, um, it's busy in Sacramento. Definitely. And as a parent, you're probably just as horrified as the rest of us about those bills, basically wanting to put junk food in front of our kids instead of dairy and like yeah. whole animal product that's good for them and as it turns out good for the climate so yeah and, 
and they're and and they're going against basically President Biden and Governor Newsom's plans. So that's 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 even funnier. Is that right. <laughs> for the you know for the first time we might have um, them on our side on on this topic. Right, definitely, and that's kind of just to get off subject a little. That's kind of part of our strategy. It's it's hard sometimes in this industry, but working with people that are maybe across the aisle from us or sometimes it seems across a huge ravine from us when it comes to politics, but working with the other side to kind of figure out how we get through some of these challenges is really important. And I know you've been a real leader in that area. Yeah, I mean, we, we're in California, so it's, that's who we have to work with in Sacramento. So um, sometimes you need to give a little to, to take a little. So if we um, we can't just be fighting all the time, we have to sit at, sit at a table and come up with a resolution. Um, that's the only way we can get things done. And since we kind of started this new strategy of working with the other side in Sacramento, I think it's gotten us farther than us just straight up fighting. Um, fighting usually doesn't really get you very far, but um, sitting down and talking and you know, expressing your side, showing the other side how you do things usually gets you a lot farther. Absolutely. Well, on that note, Louie, we'll let you go for the day, but like a big, um, you know, thumbs up to trying to reach across the aisle and, and build bridges in this crazy world we're living in and, and cheers to the next year of, of your service and hopefully beyond. We really appreciate you joining us today. Yeah. Um, Anytime any of our members need anything, um, I'm pretty easy to contact. You can contact Melissa or Anya. Um, they have my number, my email. Um, so I'm, we're here. And if anybody has any questions, let us know. And I'm sure we'll be doing this in the, you know, the next year um, with updates and information. So absolutely glad to be corral you in <laughs> as much as we can. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks Sounds so much. Good. Take care, Louie. Thank you. Yosemite Farm Credit is the farmer's choice for agriculture financing. As a farmer-owned cooperative, we are dedicated to serving our neighbors in the agriculture community with financial products and services tailored to your operation and backed with the relationship you can trust. Whether you're purchasing real estate, making improvements to the dairy, or wanting to purchase or lease equipment, we're here to help our members prosper. Visit our website at yosemitefarmcredit.com to find a branch location nearest you. Hello, everyone. This is Paul Souza with Western United Dairies again with uh, another environmental update for you. Uh, this time, I'm uh, updating our members uh, and our listeners on an ARB workshop that's happening on Tuesday, March 29th, uh, and asking for participation, making uh, dairies aware of the meeting. And, um, you know, you might want to participate, uh, especially if you're in different circumstances. So it's a workshop, and the title is Methane. Dairies and Livestock, and Renewable Natural Gas in California. And there's a little bit of a, of a backstory to uh, why this workshop came about. It was uh, put together very hastily by uh, the California Air Resources Board um, for a particular reason. And so we'll go back a little bit to 
uh, where that came from. A um, few months ago, at the end of last year, uh, the CPC, the California Public Utilities Commission, put out a procurement plan uh, requiring gas utilities to purchase uh, renewable natural gas uh, for their pipelines that they could then serve to their customers to help lower the carbon intensity of the natural gas that's being delivered in the California natural gas system. However, as I mentioned on the podcast before, the first draft of that procurement uh, excluded dairy biomethane from counting towards those requirements uh, that the utilities need to meet. The uh, CPUC eventually put out um, a second draft, which it adopted uh, pretty much, and that was changed to include and allow dairy biomethane. Uh, that also uh, is about the same time that there was an, um, a petition filed a, to the state, um, to the California Air Resources Board to exclude dairies from the low carbon fuel standards. Um, and so the California Air Resources Board addressed that petition and denied that petition, but told the environmental justice groups that filed that petition that you know, the, the California Air Resources Board would continue that dialogue and continue to look into that issue. And so this workshop is a direct response to those um, concerns aired in the petition and to you know, bring this and have a conversation around it and um, air all the concerns that are out there on this. I do wanna point out, this is not a board hearing. There is not a decision being made um, it's not like we're specifically asking for a decision or not asking for a decision. It is just a workshop to air concerns by the environmental justice community that uh, dairy shouldn't be participating in the low carbon fuel standard or LCFS uh, program. Um, that's, it's very important for all dairies, uh, but especially for those dairies that have a digester. And I say it's important for all dairies because we have legislation in California that requires us to reduce our manure methane emissions by 40% by 2030. And so, you know, those dairies that are putting in digesters and LCFS is really driving um, the economics of those digesters to allow that to work, but they're covering all the dairies in the industry. Uh, when a dairy puts in a digester, another dairy that can't afford to do so uh, is potentially covered because of the large reductions that happen on that dairy, on the, on the dairy that did put in the digester, uh, partially cover for the dairy that's not able to. And so it's important for all, um, and it's important that the comments be balanced. So clearly the environmental justice community will be at this meeting in full force uh, and will be making their perspective heard. Uh, but it's important that dairies uh, also participate and you know, that there's a balanced uh, comment period and that uh, the board, there's gonna be some ARB board members that attend this and the public um, and the media, whoever attends this, um, gets a balanced view of what's going on and an accurate view because uh, a lot of what the environmental justice community is um, saying in this is actually counter to uh, the environmental goals of the state. And that is a, a real issue for the state that um, they are really embracing um, these environmental activists uh, and you know, giving them a pedestal. And yet uh, the environmental activists are using that pedestal to attack the state and its uh, goals for um, improving environmental outcomes in the state. And so it's important that dairy producers participate and that the, you know anybody that attends the conference gets a balanced message and gets to see um, what in fact is happening. So the meeting runs from nine 
a.m. to 5 on Tuesday, March 29th, as I said. And the comment periods are, there's one right before lunch, uh, scheduled on the agenda from 11.55 to 12.25. And then there will be another comment period um, at the end of the day from about 4.30 to about five o'clock. And so even if you can't attend all day, if you could you know, attend a little bit in the morning and, and get some of those presentations um, and then be there for the comment period or at the end of the day, um, I will be speaking at this uh, workshop on um, the future of dairy, uh, what dairy looks like uh, in the future where dairy is going. And so um, hope you're able to make it. Um, and you know, depending on your interest also, uh, I think it's important that uh, you know, a, a balanced message and an accurate message be portrayed through this meeting. Um, and that can be done by having our dairy producers who uh, care about these issues, um, who um, you know, are, are a true face uh, to our industry because that is not how uh, the dairy industry is being portrayed by the environmental justice community. They're uh, inaccurately portraying uh, dairies as uh, faceless uh, corporations. And so uh, it's important that, uh, you know, you let them know about your um, family history and connection to the industry and how you care about the industry and how you care about California and the communities around you and the environment that we all live in. So look forward to hearing your comments at that meeting. If you have any questions, uh, you can always feel free to give me a call. Thank you. Did you know that you can turn your dairy manure into cash? Bennett Environmental is offering above ground dairy digesters at no cost to you. These systems can also remove nitrates from your lagoons to help you comply with water board regulations. Our proven above ground technology will generate income for your dairy into the foreseeable future. Because we truck the renewable natural gas off site, your dairy can profit regardless of your location. Bennett Environmental, turning your wastewater liabilities into sustainable assets. Learn more at bennett-environmental.com. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Seen and Heard, industry updates for the modern dairy family. We would like to give a big thank you to Louis Borba as well as Paul Souza for the content on this week's episode. As a reminder, if you have any questions, comments, or content requests, you can email melissa at mlema at wudairies.com, and I can be reached at darby at wudairies.com. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite platform, and have a great week. While West United Dairies respects the varied views of our podcast guests, Please know that views expressed on Seen and Heard may not necessarily reflect the positions of the Western United Dairies Board of Directors. Thank you to Western United Dairies generous business sponsors, Gar Bennett, California Dairy Magazine, Farm Credit Alliance, FNR Ag Services, Moss Energy Works, Bennett Environmental, PG&E, and Yosemite Farm Credit. We appreciate our sponsors and thank them for their continued support. If you'd like more information on how to sponsor Western United Dairies or this podcast, please send us an email at info at wudairies.com. That's info at wudairies.com.